Health Organization warned earlier this year that we're not just battling a health crisis, but an infodemic as well. Uh, and it seems that this COVID-19 global pandemic has given rise to another concerning issue in the form of misinformation and conspiracy theories. Uh, history has shown us that whenever there's been disease, disasters or major crises where governments don't have all the answers, it's made for fertile ground for the spreading of conspiracy theories. Uh, today, this seems even more compounded by the erosion of public trust in governments and mainstream media around the world. Personally, I've come across theories uh, around 5G towers causing COVID, uh, anti-vaccination ideas, theories involving the World Bank and other major institutions, uh, coronavirus's biological weapon and form of government population control or government scare campaign. Uh, I think I've heard even... One about Bill Gates trying to take over the world through planting microchips in people's mouths while they're being tested with COVID swabs. Uh, and if that's not enough, uh, there also seems to have been a resurgence of radical ideas around a deep state with groups like QAnon, uh, a group that encompasses several hardcore conspiracies. Uh, finally, social media also seems to be having an impact, potentially amplifying the voices of these groups and taking them from the margins to the mainstream. So how do, how do rational people come to believe such irrational ideas? Um, do they perhaps provide a comforting narrative of good versus evil in these troubling times? I wanted to find out more, so I spoke with Dr. Robin Canniford, who's a senior lecturer in management and marketing at the University of Melbourne. Here's what he had to say. Since the beginning of the COVID crisis, there's, there seems to have been a lot of conspiracy theories floating around about what the virus is, where it's come from and why, it, why it's working the way it does. Uh, what do you see as some of the main factors giving rise to and spreading these sorts of conspiracy theories? Yeah, exactly. there, there does seem to be uh, an increased number of these theories going around and it seems like more people have become interested in them. Uh, now, regards what motivates that, I think first of all, um, anytime there's an experience of fear or uncertainty, uh, we all know that natural human reaction uh, is fight or flight. Mm. But there's, a, there's also a sort of a third thing that we can expect people to do, and, th and that is to rationalize, try and rationalize your fear and, and explain events which are uncertain. So in some ways, um, especially in a sort of a vacuum of more scientific information, because science takes a bit of time to produce, um, without that, that, that sort of official narrative, I think this leaves a gap for all kinds of people and media outlets to come along and fill that gap with their own explanations for what's going on. Right. So I think that, you know, that's part of it. It's people tell stories to explain events which provoke fear in them. 
and uh, and and in the time it takes for science to come out, which is a long time, uh, there's, there's there's that space for people to to invent their own their own stories about what's going on. Do you think there's particular <clears throat> particular demographics who are more prone to doing that, uh, or more vulnerable to being attracted to to ideas that are that are spreading? Well, it's an interesting question because, you know, at one time conspiracy theories were, you know, something we read uh, in the National Enquirer or, you know, they were fringe kind of uh, elements of society that were into them and often just for fun. Mm. I think what's changed um, during the the COVID-19 period is that many of these conspiracy theories are uh, a lot more serious. They're related to events that can impact health and politics etc and Mm -hmm. and for that reason they're they're kind of no longer fun now in some ways i think that improves the general appeal of these things to a wider section of the population once upon a time you know if we're thinking about uh, area 51 and and aliens landing and those kinds of conspiracy theories uh you know that it's it's not terribly important but the things that conspiracy theories are talking about these days are important and for that mm. reason i think more people are sitting up and listening right um in addition i think the, the the range of issues that conspiracy theories are now talking to mean that you know this is this is again the umbrella is getting bigger and the people gathering underneath are increasingly mm. um, not just middle-aged guys, uh, which was you know, a, a traditional segment, if you like, but yeah. also you know younger people getting involved. Um, you know, a large population of of, of mums getting involved around certain uh, anti-vax uh, yeah. issues. Do you do you think that things like education or literacy, media literacy, science literacy, um, do you think that is is the antidote or do you think that plays a part? How do, how do you think, what's the best way to tackle these, uh, these things from getting out of hand? Yeah, well, look, I, I think that's an, an important question. Uh, and the answer simply at the moment is we don't know. This is mm. uh, a new problem. It's, it's clearly some, some researchers have um, pointed to uh, social media mm. as, as one driver of this problem um i know that you know you noted um that effect uh, in in previous conversations we've had but i think scientific literacy is absolutely key to understanding why this is happening and perhaps it could provide something of a solution now i say that because it goes back to this idea of people telling stories to rationalize things which are uncertain or scary mm-hmm. And there's a, there's a big difference between conspiracy theory as a way to rationalize the unexpected and, and, and the scary. The difference between conspiracy theory as a way of doing that and scientific theory. And, mm. and the difference is, is kind of twofold. First of all, um, science takes time. And that's part of the problem here is, is mm. people um, see the slowness of science as a weakness, but it's mm. entirely normal. Science takes mm. a long time to come up with explanations. And the reason it does that is because when scientists put out an explanation, it has to be tested. 
Mm. Um, and conspiracy theories don't go through the rigorous testing and peer review and, you know, people coming along and trying to rip the theory to bits mm-hmm. in the same way that scientific theories do. So I think an understanding that science is slow and that it always involves disagreement, that's mm. fundamental right. for people seeing that, you know, that's a strength of science theory, not a weakness. Yeah, yep. And I've, I've heard it said that um, another factor might be that, that the fact that peop, a lot of people have a lot of time at the moment. So um, another, another explanation for why these things are gaining traction is because people have more time, you know, to say, to sort of disappear down rabbit holes on the internet and, and explore all these, all these different theories. Um, uh, so as a, as a result of individual conspiracies, um, sorry, as a result, individual conspiracies are being linked together to build a more global, all-encompassing uh, conspiracy around the COVID crisis. Would you agree or have any comments on that? Do you think that's another factor, the fact that people yeah, are, I mean, um, just have, have more time? I think I'd, I wouldn't relate this to any one factor, but I, I do mm. think that... Um, People have been experiencing for some years now a general distrust in political uh, political and health institutions that we once relied on. Um, Now, the reasons for that uh, are are not entirely clear. But I think for that reason, people have turned increasingly to their friends uh, Mm -hmm. and people they know on social media for information. We tend to trust our friends. Mm. Um, uh, so, but the problem is, is our, our friends aren't necessarily well-versed in science. So the information mm. being shared on social media, again, is, isn't checked uh, in the way perhaps that it should be. Mm. And th- this kind of level of trust in social media and these grassroots networks of, of through which knowledge spreads now can indeed lead to groups of people who think they're doing the right thing but actually mm. in reality may uh, indeed be contributing to the overall problem by just spread, spreading spreading rubbish information you're listening to communication Mixdown here on 3cr community radio and we've been talking to dr robin canniford from the university of melbourne about uh, all things conspiracy theories all right if we could now turn to one particular way that these conspiracy theories are being circulated and perpetuated on perpetuated online um yeah i'd like to talk specifically about i think it's pronounced qanon can you give us a bit of a brief background about qanon or the group i mean i'm going to get a little bit radical here and, and 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 say um i part of me thinks we shouldn't even be giving some of these ideas, you know, legitimate discussion. Mm. Um, It's interesting. um, I know, again, you know, when we were chatting before the interview, um, I think, you know, you raised this idea that that some of these politicians are giving these uh, ideas from QAnon uh, airtime and they're they're actually sort Mm. of piggybacking Mm. on these things because they know that it's what their electorate or sectors of their electorate want to hear but you know i'm i'm, I'm almost um minded to say I, I don't think we we should even you know be giving credence to the ideas that some of these people are spreading because in in, in many ways they're just 
if they're not providing ev any evidence that these mm. things have occurred, I, I, I see no reason why we should we should give them the credence. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Um, uh, as I understand, uh, the the my limited understanding of QAnon that is that it, it sort of pushes fairly heavily a kind of a a unifying view about a, a deep state, uh, essentially sort of running things, making decisions that that affect ordinary people in different ways. What's do you have any comments on that? Um, For a long time, one of the major sort of keys to these conspiracy theory movements in their various forms is that there is uh, the, the, the supposition that there's a, a group of powerful people who are in charge. And I think that's, that's a very simple way of seeing the world. And, and for the listeners out there, I, I imagine, you know, many of us work in, in large organizations and, it, you know, you just think about being able to get some simple things done on mm. a daily basis in our organizations. Mm. It's often a nightmare. So in many ways, I believe in human incompetence. Uh, and I, I just can't, I can't believe that there is this sort of pyramid of powerful people at the top pulling all the strings. Mm. History, history shows us that's not how the world works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, it is certainly, it does sound pretty ridiculous, but that seems to be nevertheless gaining, gaining traction. Yeah, so this question relates to um, some of the recent research that's been done in Australia here in Australia, and they, that's identified a very sort of systematic way that information's being, or disinformation, misinformation's being spreaded, spread, uh, mostly in the form of sort of coordinated retweeting of coronavirus topics, not just by humans, but by sort of bot-like accounts as well. Um, and there's evidence, or the, the report seems to, um, the research seems to suggest that this tactic helps conspiracy theories to spread from margins to the mainstream. Um, do you have any comments there? Or do you think sort of companies like Twitter and Facebook, the big tech giants should have more oversight when it comes to what gets posted on, on social media platforms, or is it really not, it's, it's not something that they can, they can regulate. Well, I think that, that you know, that there's the level of responsibility uh, can be, you know, targeted at, at, at a number of different sources. Now, I, mm. I personally, I do think that uh, the we know that the algorithms, um, mm. that you know, YouTube and Twitter tend to use uh, place us in these uh, things that you know have been called information silos. Mm. We tend to be given information that confirms our own views. Now, that's that's dangerous to start with. Mm. So there is a burden of on social media organizations uh, I would say not to do that and that's that's up to governments to to, to attempt to enforce um, I think at the personal level I think we can all help each other out uh, research shows that uh, the likelihood of um, you or I to share information that we might call conspiracy theory that, that likelihood is in part determined by the reaction we get from people mm. so if you know right. I, I think we've got a response to call each other out and say, mm. oh, come on, mate, no, mm. really? Um, and I think right in the middle, I, I think it goes back to that question you asked me earlier on about the, the literacy with science. Mm. And I think any time there's a simple explanation for something, you know, that, that comes up very quickly, um, as a conspiracy theory, I think, I think we have a responsibility to, to try and fact check it. 
mm. and realise that scientific theories will always disagree, and that's not necessarily a weakness. It just takes time to explain events. Finally, just a question about policy here in Australia, maybe a similar or related question. Do you think legislators and policymakers in Australia are doing enough to counter the spread of this kind of misinformation and disinformation? Well, look, I think the, it's an important question, actually. I think the mm. answer to it is we just don't know. Mm. These are kind of new issues. Social yeah, media right. mm. is still a relatively new technology, especially in the political sphere. Heaven knows what, you know, our, our world leaders are going to put out there on Twitter tomorrow. Mm. You know, it, mm. it, it, these, are, these are unknown uh, phenomena. The rules are still being written. And for that reason, nobody, nobody's really got an answer to your question. And, and, and it's mm. something we're going to be dealing with for some time to come. Mm. So this has to be uh, an important area for debate, discussion, and, and yeah. I would say research. So thanks there to Dr. Robin Caniford, Senior Lecturer in Management and Marketing at the University of Melbourne. Uh, we hope that you found this interview insightful. You've been listening to Communication Mixdown on 3CR Community Radio. Uh, you can join us here every Monday night from 6pm, 8.55 on your AM radio dial or streaming and podcast at www.3cr.org.au forward slash communication mixdown. Stay safe and we'll see you next time. Wake up, Mr. Webb! Mr. Webb! Mr. Webb! Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Timmy's a harder way. So this is in the name of love, like robbers say. Before you ask me to go get a job today, can I at least get a raise on the minimum wage? And I know the government administer AIDS, so I guess we just pray like the ministers say. Alu Akbar and throwing some hot cars. The things we seen on the screen is not ours, but these from the hood, so these dreams not far. Where I'm from, the dope boys is the rock stars, but they can't cop cars without seeing cop cars. I guess they want us all behind bars. I know it, uh, and I heard him say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. And I heard him say, nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. But we'll find a way. seasons and anything that happened is for a reason and gun clapping to keep the squeezing and grab keep praying and keep believing in jesus and one day that you see him to then walk in his footsteps and try to be him the devil is alive i feel him breathing claiming money is the key so keep on dreaming and put them lottery tickets just to tease us my aunt pam can't put them cigarettes down so now my little cousin smoking them cigarettes now his job try to claim that he too now. Is it cause the skin blacker than licorice now? I can't figure it out. Sticking it now. Uh, uh. And I heard him say, Nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. And I heard him say, Nothing's ever promised tomorrow today. But we'll find a way. 